Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Stefan Cohn in London. And I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. Every week we celebrate the successes, failures, learning, and laughs that go hand in hand with baking for those we love. Today, we'll review our No Bake Almond Butter Blossoms from Real Simple Magazine. Did I run pretzels to earth in London or find a suitable crunchy replacement? And speaking of crunchy, we'll intro a lemon crunch bar that sounds like the perfect summertime lemon bar. You know Andrea's excited. Finally, in the Preheated Book Club, we'll check in with listeners for their summertime book recommendations and share what we are reading this season too. So put the kettle on and get ready for some sweet talk. Stefan, it is potluck season over here in the good old U.S., or perhaps we might say garden party season over in London where you are. That's right. And our preheaters are chatting about what they like to bring to potlucks over on our Facebook group, Preheated. So why don't you get us started and tell us what some of our listeners' favorites are? Yeah, this was really fun. We did a Facebook poll the other day and asked people what is their favorite thing to bring to potlucks. And so by far, the winner was cookies or brownies. I think, were you in this category or were you in the next one of fruit cobblers and crisps? That might have been you. Well, I I didn't know which one. I it's a it, mine is a bar and they're but it, I feel like it's more like almost a fruit cobbler. So I I don't remember which one I picked because I didn't feel like I knew exactly which category to put mine in. Hybrid, hybrid, hybrid. Mm-hmm. gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So it was cookies and brownies, followed by fruit cobblers or crisps, followed by pie, by cake, and grilled desserts had no yeah. no takers for that. I thought some people might bring like s'mores fixins or something, but that may just be wishful mm. thinking since I haven't had. A real s'more in like 14 months. (laughs) Longer than that. Um, But yeah, we had some great, great listeners. So Samuel said cream pies, and he posted a picture of a beautiful chocolate cream pie. Yes. Michelle also said cream pie, and she specifically mentioned Cook's Illustrated Coconut Cream Pie. Andrea, I can't believe we have not done a cream pie yet. I know. That is odd. And I love, we've talked endlessly about the Tom Douglas triple coconut cream pie, <laughs> which I I don't think I would inflict upon our listeners. It's pretty complex. But um, this one from Cook's Illustrated looks much more doable. Yeah, I'm sure we can find just a really delicious cream pie mm-hmm. because we're both fans and clearly our listeners are too. So put a pin in that one. Mm-hmm. Mary Beth suggested banana pudding. She loves that for a crowd. That is great for a crowd. And episode 20, of course, we reviewed a recipe for some banana pudding. Renee, I was so intrigued by this. Renee said diplomat cake. Do you know what that is? I don't. I saw the picture, and I think it's beautiful. I loved her decorations as well, but I'm still waiting for her to reply and let you know what a diplomat cake is. She says it's filled with raspberry and pastry cream. It looks fabulous. Yeah, and so I did a little looking online, too, and I'm not sure. Renee, let us know if this is how yours stacks up, but it's two layers of spice sponge cake soaked in like a rum or a simple syrup and then it that's layered with three layers of puff pastry that sounds so great I want to know the history of this I want to know Renee's recipe I want to know everything because it was gorgeous and I love it when I you know something comes out of left field I'm like what is this where has it been all my life I know it's so much fun 
Robert said gooey butter bars. Anything Mm. with those, you know, two of three words are are a winner in my book. (laughs) Beth said cherry hand pies. And that actually gave us some inspiration for a future show. So Beth, be listening in September. That's a little teaser. Karen and Amy said berry buckle. And then Amy said that was a Martha Stewart recipe they've been making for years. Mm -hmm. And then finally, Lauren said a sheet cake or a layer cake, depending on the the size of the crowd. And that made me think of that Texas sheet cake that we talked about and reviewed back in episode 28.5 when we were doing regional food last spring. Well, and the best thing about those sheet cakes is I always volunteer to be the cutter because as you're cutting that icing, that frosting is building up on the knife. (laughs) And you have a great excuse mm. to clean mm. your serving instrument when you're done cutting and serving the crowd. So mm-hmm. you're so selfless. I know. I know. Andrea, yeah. it's really I'm always happy to help out when it comes to cutting cutting mm-hmm. a cake. Let me at it. <laughs> so those were really fun, and and of course, as summer goes on, we always love to see your pictures. If you're cooking for a crowd or or not, let us know on our Facebook community. Oh yeah, there have been some great pictures, and I love it too when people post their questions and say they're looking for advice. And you know, it might involve traveling to an event and how best to stabilize what they're bringing or how to modify something or use a new ingredient. So thanks to everyone who jumps in and volunteers. I love that everyone is so willing to help each other out when it comes to these delicate baking questions. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, let's take a look at this week's Bake Along. It was the No Bake Almond Butter Blossoms. This came from Real Simple Magazine. Now, Stefan, I was a Real Simple subscriber way, way back when it first came out. I loved that magazine for a couple of years. And then... After a while, it start, I, I stopped getting it because it, it started to seem, in terms of the articles, like it was sort of the same things. But mm-hmm. I did really like their recipes. They typically use a small number of ingredients or things are easy. I mean, kind of based on the title, real simple, of course. And so this recipe definitely fit in that category. There were only five ingredients. There is powdered sugar and almond butter and melted or softened butter that you mix together in an electric mixer until it's well combined. Then you add in one and a half cups of crushed pretzels and then you form it into balls and put your thumb into each one of those and spoon a little bit of strawberry jam into there. So you don't have to bake it. You can serve it immediately or you can chill it until you're ready to serve it. So Stefan, why don't you let us know how these turned out for you and if you were able to find all the ingredients. Oh, boy. I had issues. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Where to start? I guess the thing I was concerned about causing me problems didn't really at all. I was able to find the pretzels without too much of a problem. As I mentioned last episode in episode 84, cocktail pretzels here just have a slightly different texture. I don't know what that's about, but they are a little cakier and not like a soft pretzel but they are just you know when I think of a good cocktail pretzel I think of that snap and that really you know very crisp very crisp snap and these kind of want to have a nice bend I don't know what that's about but those are I did I could find them they were pretzel shaped they were you know billed as salted cocktail pretzels these were frustrating to make and then frustrating to, to eat although as I mentioned to you I took them to our garden party, our second annual garden party, which is like the British potluck. And they were gone in about five Mm, minutes. mm -hmm. There were a lot of kids. I don't know if they appealed to the kid because they had the pretzel. And in mine, you could kind of see that pretzel. I also had labeled them as such. They're just kind of fun. I can't fathom why they went so quickly based on the level of frustration that it took me to get them there. (laughs) So... 
a couple of things started going wrong immediately. It was so dry and so mm-hmm. crumbly. Mm-hmm. I could not get it to hold its shape. So I would press and roll them into these balls. And the minute I put my thumb in it, it would just crack and crumble all down. I think I finally, it says two and a half dozen. I think I finally maybe got 20 and was just done. And I had done that seriously stupid thing, which is I had not given myself any out. I had to take something to this event and then I was stuck I had left it too late I had to go so I I had to get these done somehow but it was hard fought to get Mm. that 20 of them done and I had thought that it was my ingredients you know that maybe it was this pretzel they were too dry there was just something about them that wasn't working but then I got a text from you so what happened (laughs) over in America (laughs) yeah well I had issues in America as well I agree the overall flavor of this I think would be a big hit with kids because essentially it's like a sweet peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah that's a good way and you know so that's that's kind of fun um I did not think twice about the ingredients that I used until I couldn't get the recipe to come together. And that's when I thought, oh, maybe I should have used something different. So um, obviously powdered sugar is powdered sugar. I use that. But on the one cup of creamy almond butter, at my grocery store, they have one of those machines that's got the almonds in it. And you just flip the switch and make the almond butter. So that's what I used. And um, I'm thinking that perhaps that didn't have enough oil in it. Like when you buy, you know how when you buy almond butter, it prepackaged a lot of time it has the oil in it. Mm. So I'm thinking that might have been an issue. Um, I use the salted butter. That's no big deal. The crushed pretzels. Are you familiar with pretzel crisps? Yes, I know what those are. They're like flat. Like they're like flat. Has been run over by a t- tire or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, but but not because. But not because that's not, they're that's not right. Yeah, like a laminated, like very flat. Yeah, but it's all whole. I do know what they yeah, are. Yeah, they're kind of like the flat Stanley of the pretzel world. So yes, yes. I um, have ever since those came out. That's what we buy in our family. My daughter loves them. They go in her lunches. I enjoy them. You can they're easier to like spread things on. I'll, I'll like to spread almond butter or peanut butter on them. So that's what I used. I didn't even think about the fact that maybe that's not a traditional pretzel. So maybe it didn't have enough cakiness to it. It was just too much of the sort of the flake and the brown part. But similar to your experience, when I beat together the powdered sugar, the almond butter and the melted butter, it combined well, but it was just crumbs. I And then I added yeah, the pretzels, yeah. and it was just even crummier and sandier. I mean, I could not get yeah. these to hold together for the life of me. Exactly. So I melted another two tablespoons of butter because what it really reminded me of at that point was like a graham cracker crust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes. I thought, okay, well, maybe a little more butter will help with this. So I did two more tablespoons of butter mixed that in. It held together a little bit more. But, you know, I was using my cookie scoop. And as I scooped them out onto the tray, I mean, they just immediately fell apart. I just fell into crumbs. Yes. So then I put the container in the refrigerator for an hour. I thought, maybe this is it. Maybe they need to be chilled. Nope. An hour later, still had the same problem. (laughs) Then I thought, well, let me go look at the reviews and see what other people did about this. And this is where I've had a new epiphany that's going to lead to a resolution, I think. This recipe was from June of 2016, and there are zero reviews on it. (gasps) 
Dun, dun, dun. I'm thinking going forward, and tell me if you disagree, that it might be best when, you know, when working with online recipes, and that's what we try to do so that our listeners can have access to those, that we go with ones that have some reviews so that when we run into trouble, we know, gosh, was this me or did other people have this problem or, or that kind of thing. So real simple heads up, I will be writing a review for you on this particular item. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the one you want, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I just, I just thought that was really interesting that this has been out there for really two years and, and no reviews. So it, Because it's it's such an easy and simple recipe. It's like, why, why aren't people writing about this? So I decided to turn it into bars. I thought, okay, well, I can't get it to stick together as cookies. I'm just going to put it in an 8 by 8 pan. I lined it with parchment. I pressed it in the bottom. I baked it at 350 for just about 10 minutes just to make sure that it kind of set up. And then for my strawberry jam, a friend of mine had given me freezer jam oh gosh, probably last year. And my problem with freezer jam is I just always forget I have it. Then it's in the freezer. It's in the freezer. And that's not where I think to go for jam. So I did remember that I had this in time for the recipe. I pulled it out. And as it defrosted, unfortunately, what happened is it really just turned into liquid. I mean, I could have, it could have been a drink. I mean, a thick drink, but a drink nonetheless. I thought, okay, this recipe is just going all kinds of sideways. So now I have this kind of bar base, and then I just poured this sort of thick liquid strawberry uh, jam on top, and I just threw it all in the refrigerator and crossed my fingers and thought, maybe if I let it set up overnight, it'll be fine. And so the next day, I pulled it out of the refrigerator. I pulled it out of the pan using the parchment paper. I started cutting it, and immediately it was just falling apart. I... You know, I cut it into like four bars. I attempted to get one bar into my mouth. It was falling over over the place. It was a big mess because it's just this gooey <laughs> strawberry on top. I mean, you can't not touch it. This did not work for me. This was this was one of my mm-hmm. official fails, I think. Now, normally I won't call something a fail because usually I modify the recipe and I'm going to blame myself. But <laughs> I feel like I really did try to follow the recipe here other than the fact that maybe I should have used the almond butter that comes pre-done in a jar and maybe I should have used traditional pretzels and not pretzel crisps. But yeah, this didn't work for me. So I was able to, I salvaged like three bars and put them into a little container and I've had them in my fridge and I've taken a bite or two over the last couple of days and I, I'm just going to dump it. It just, it just didn't work. The, the gooiness of the jam then like sort of soaked into the bar and ugh, nope. Yeah, and it was it was not a win for me either. It's interesting. I want to go back to the thing you said about the almond butter because I did use a commercial almond butter okay. in a jar. And okay. so maybe we can scratch that theory that it doesn't have anything to do with that because okay. mine had that kind of slick of oil on top and you you know you you stir it to incorporate it and I mean, word for word, I had the same experience uh, just not being able to get this to be anything but crumbs. I added a little extra milk as opposed to butter. You you went with the butter. Oh. I did that. Taste-wise, uh-huh. they were all right. They, they had to be A++++ for all the frustration they gave me, and they were just, like, fine. And, in fact, they felt yeah. a little healthy, like a protein bite or something, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's this one is mm-hmm. – is, uh, is not going to be on my potluck table or garden party. 
coming up. Although maybe, who knows? Like, like I say, it, they were gone. I didn't stick around for the reviews because. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> you know, what this reminded me of, and I will um, tell listeners if you're interested in making a bar that's good for a potluck, this recipe kind of reminded me of back in episode 43, we reviewed a chocolate oatmeal peanut butter bar from a yeah. Dash of Sanity. Oh, those, and those I loved that bar. Again, I had a little bit of trouble with the execution of the bar part because the recipe called for a mixture of quick oats and rolled oats, and I only use rolled oats. And I do think those quick oats would give more of that sort of stick together action that was missing in mine. But Mm -hmm. that was a bar with a chocolate topping, a chocolate and peanut butter topping that I just thought worked really, really well. And it was kind of similar to what what this one was. But yeah, I think the two of us, we just did not have success with this particular recipe. Not this week. Well, that's not often. So no, it's true. um, It's true. That's that's true. Well, here's hoping that this week's Bake Along will redeem our faith in a crunchy and no-bake. No pressure. Indeed. Uh, this is the <laughs> Lemon Crunch Bars from The View from Great Island. And listeners, you may remember that we have baked from this website before. This is Sue. And back, way, way, way back in episode four, we did the cold chocolate snacking cake, which was oh, a yeah. huge hit with us. Andrea, you remember remember that cake? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That was one of um, our favorites, and definitely our kids loved that particular one. Yeah, absolutely. So the view from Great Island, and if you're wondering about that Great Island, it is in Newcastle, New Hampshire, another place on the map for the preheated road trip, Andrea. Oh, I love it. So this is a fairly standard bar base. You have unsalted butter, ginger snap crumbs. I'm so excited. I love, I dearly love a boxed ginger ginger snap. I do too. I love that. <laughs> and I do more, too. more heavy cream because that would be four for four recipes involving heavy cream, right? Three for four at least. <laughs> I just bought a quart at the beginning of the month. I mean, you're, I just, or ready. a half gallon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some sweetened condensed milk that comes in the can, then some squeezed lemon juice and some yellow food coloring is optional. This looks so light and so airy. I am really excited to try this, Andrea. I'm assuming, since you are the queen of the lemon, that you are as well. I am very excited about this. I like so many recipes are one tablespoon of lemon juice or two tablespoons of lemon juice. This is a third a cup of fresh squeezed lemon juice. So I feel like it's really going to have that lemon flavor. I, like you, love a ginger snap. I like those, that Anna's brand. They kind of come in a sleeve and they're all nice and thin and lined up so pretty there. So... Oh, yeah. And, you know, heavy cream is just something that has proven to be quite the staple when it comes to no-bake. So I'm super excited yeah, about yeah. that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I do appreciate in this recipe lots of no-bake recipes, and I think we ran into this when we were researching recipes this month. They rely on Cool Whip, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I have – in the past, you can you can look it up. I have talked about a love of, of some recipes made with Cool Whip. But yeah. I do like how this is using real cream and, mm-hmm. and hopefully getting that same result, which is – a filling that will stick together but not yes. need to be baked. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing we ran into when we were trying to find no-baked desserts was a lot of things rely on gelatin. And just because of the difficulty you've had finding gelatin in London, although I think you might have since that time overcome that difficulty, but at the point where we were planning our recipes, we thought, eh, let's avoid that because you were running into trouble with the gelatin. Yeah, the gelatin here was a leaf gelatin, but I have mm-hmm. since seen the powdered. So it's going to open a whole new door. Watch out. We're going to be jello, jello, jello. 
Well, remember, we'll have a link to these recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, as well as on our Pinterest and Facebook pages. And we hope you will bake along with us on the lemon crunch bars from The View from Great Island. Well, Andrea, it's summer, and as promised a few episodes ago, we are here in episode 85, and the Preheated Book Club is back in session. We wanted to talk about what you and I were reading, food-related, and then also we went out to our listeners and got some great and very intriguing, um, not recipes, recommendations Recommendations, from them them for some summertime reading as well. So, Andrea, what are you What are you looking forward to reading this summer? Well, the book I'm reading right now is called That Kind of Mother, and it is by Ruman Alam. It was named one of the most anticipated books of 2018 (laughs) by a lot of places. I'm not loving it, but I also haven't put it down. I'm at like, you know, I tend to read on my Kindle. I'm at like 91%. And so I know I'm close to the end. The odd thing about this particular book is that it feels like nothing much happens. But in a way, I think that's the author's Mm -hmm. deliberate device because it is sort of about how sometimes as a mother, your whole world is kind of wrapped up in kids and you just feel like you're moving through the days and time is flying by and then all of a sudden you look up and it's like oh my gosh you know um there's a major character dies there's a a marriage that ends in divorce there's a famous celebrity that dies you know there's these things that oh yes that is happening the interesting thing about this is it sort of parallels the timeline of princess diana and so that was fun for me i was a big princess diana fan and i remember of course all the news about her and of course her death was so sad and i'm one of those people that remembers exactly where i was and what i was doing when i learned about her death and so yeah, me too. You know, then reading the author's account of this character in the story going through the same thing was just, it was interesting. I, I'm, it's not going to be a five-star book for me. I'm still looking for some five-star books this summer, but that's the one I'm reading right now. The one next on my shelf is called The Cake Therapist, and this is by Judith Fertig. You can imagine why I picked that based on the title and the cover. And I think I posted a picture of it on our Facebook group. It's just got a beautiful rainbow-colored cake on the cover. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely So, you know, it's about someone who is a pastry chef. And um, in this particular case, it is that this particular chef um, can taste feelings. So, for example, you know, cinnamon makes you remember and plum is pleased with itself and orange is a wake-up call. It's fiction, in case that wasn't clear. (laughs) What? (laughs) So I'm really excited. That is the book that's next up on my list. How about you? Well, I have just discovered a new series, and is there anything better than discovering a series that you like? Oh, it's the best feeling. I love it so much. So it's called The Cazalet Chronicles, C-A-Z-A-L-E-T. I'm going to go with Cazalet. Um, It is a four-book series, and it's by Elizabeth Jane Howard follows the lives of a family in London and in the countryside around London. Uh, The first book was right before World War II started. The second book that I'm just starting is just at the beginning of the war, and then so it carries on through the war. And if you are a fan of Downton Abbey, this might be something that you're interested in. It's a very gentle book. It follows the lives of this kind of huge family. So I guess that's a saga, an epic saga. It has so much history about that time. That's a time period I like to read about. I'm living in places that are mentioned in the book so that's just excellent and exciting to me 
And then it ticks the food box as well because they do a really excellent job of doing the kind of upstairs, downstairs. There'll be scenes with the staff who are getting ready for the, the dinner or even just the lunch. And they the author does a great job of conveying how much work it took to make those huge houses run and how much food and the quantity and the scale. And so that part is just fascinating to me as well. And also what they were eating at the time. And then now things are starting to be harder to find because of the war. Mm. And I love it. I really recommend it. I'm I'm just starting book two. Again, there's four books. So who knows? I may finish them all by the end of summer or I may just have to dole them out to myself. We shall see. I do. I love that feeling of finding a series. And it's like you're just so excited because I'm a really fast reader. And if I'm reading a book that's a a single issue, for lack of a better term, not part of a series, I often have to slow myself down because if it's a really good book, I just want to experience it. But if it's a series, I'll let myself just kind of race through it because I'm like, I want to get to the next book and get to the next book. And then I'll get to book four or book five. And oftentimes I'll go back and reread book one because now then I have that history and that texture and I can read things in book one that I now know were sort of foreshadowing or little clues that you're going to find out later. So, oh, I love a good series. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm loving that one. Now here is one that we talked about back in Bread Month and I have had it on my list. I just found it at a used bookstore. Bread Month was back in March Mm -hmm. and we talked about Bread Alone by Judith Ryan Hendricks. Mm -hmm. Andrea, may I read you from the flap because it sounds very dramatic. Yes, please. A dramatic reading by Stephen Cohn. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The protagonist, let's start it off. Her name is Winter, that's Winter with a Y, of course, Winter Morrison. Desperate for a change of scenery, Winter leaves behind her posh-pampered life and ventures north to Seattle, where she spends aimless hours at a local bakery, sipping coffee and inhaling the sweet aroma of freshly made bread. (laughs) These visits bring back memories of her apprenticeship at a French boulangerie, when her passion for bread making nearly led her to leave college to become a baker. (laughs) Once again, the desire and ambition to bake consumes Wynne's thoughts, and when offered a position at the bakery, Wynne quickly accepts. Dun-dun-dun! What will happen next? Love, romance, who knows? I cannot wait. This right here is the epitome of what I want to read in the summer. Of course, I have a huge stack of very serious books as well. I think this is, I'm going to get very lost in in this lady's, quest to return to the boulangerie all in Seattle as she's inhaling the aroma well, of coffee. And I love the idea of um, aimless hours in the coffee <laughs> shop. And it's like, I'm spending aimless hours in a coffee shop reading about someone spending aimless hours in a coffee shop. It's very Ooh. meta. Oh, it really <laughs> yeah. is. So very circular. <laughs> oh, I also love in the summer to read cookbooks. And I'm excited. Donna Hay, we've mentioned her a couple times now. She's an Australian baker. I just checked out um, of the library one I'm enjoying by her. It's called The New Easy. And it is sweet and savory. And I've had great success with some of the savory things I've made. Mm. She does a nice thing I know you like, Andrea, which is kind of a template recipe. She'll yes. have... Here's this chicken, but if you want to make it into an appetizer or a main dish or a sandwich or different types of things, love that. And she also has some great desserts. So I'm liking that one. And then another one that we have, we both have is by Marianne Keys. And 
listeners, you may know her. She's a queen of kind of this this type of summertime reading. She is an Irish author. She has written, I think, I, I don't know, probably approaching like two dozen books. She's very prolific. I think of her in the vein of a Leanne Moriarty. She always has very kind of plucky heroines, serious topics, but also just a lot of heart and, and fun along the way too. So she has a cookbook called Saved by Cake, and you and I both have this. It's about how she came to to the world of baking as someone who had never done that. And you were talking about a recipe that you really liked from this book already. Have you made it or just interested in making it? No, I've actually made it. And the reason I was so intrigued by this particular recipe is when I get a new cookbook, what I'll often do is try to find a recipe in there where I already have all of the ingredients because Mm -hmm. that just means I'm going to make it more often because it's like kind of, oh, it's using my pantry staples. Now, based on this title, I want to know if you're as shocked as I was that I had these ingredients. A tamarind, date, and sour cherry muffin nope that's not the one <laughs> it's I not the it one you would like pick. the oatmeal chocolate chip banana right. something yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I was as shocked as you were as I you know I flipped to this page and of course the word tamarind jumped out at me immediately I had just bought some new tamarind paste I love to cook Indian food and my vindaloo recipe uses tamarind paste so I thought oh that's interesting I actually have some tamarind paste and then dried dates were an ingredient and I often have dates I use those a lot on my bike trip and yeah. I will um, just sort of eat those. You know, a lot of people eat those kind of gummy, what do you call gels. them? Those gels. Yeah. yeah power gels. Power yeah. gels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I eat dates instead. So that's my sugar boost. Wait. And yeah. then the other item was dried sour cherries. And there is a salad I make all summer long. It's from Bobby Flay. And it has sausage in it. It has goat cheese. It has pistachios. And it has dried sour cherries. So I just oddly enough had all of those ingredients. And the rest of the stuff is your standard baking stuff, your butter, your eggs, your brown sugar, your flour, your baking soda. The icing was confectioner sugar, which I have, you know, I almost always have that on hand. And four tablespoons of lime juice. In the summer, I tend to keep lemons and limes on hand. You know, they're out on the counter. We're using them all the time. So it just fascinated me that I would typically not think that I would have these items on hand, but I did have them all on hand. I really loved it. She talks in the recipe, the last sentence, she says, practice saying the words wonderfully intriguing sourness in front of the mirror, then serve. And it's true. And I love a sour or a bitter. (laughs) I mean, you know, I love my savory. And especially when it's kind of something that you usually think would be sweet, kind of a breakfast muffin. I just absolutely love this. I guess you could maybe call these cupcakes as well. She calls them muffins. They're a little bit smaller. I actually used kind of my small muffin size. But just because the flavors were so unique, I thought this might be better as kind of more of a bite than a big thing. And I'm glad I went that route. It is very intriguing. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. I would say that in general, these recipes are kind of entry level or basic recipes. And yes. then she riffs on them along the way. And there's there's pies and there's cupcakes. And just throughout, it's just her writing style is coming through loud and clear. And so if, if yeah. you haven't read any of her books, I, I highly recommend that you do as well. I think her latest one is called The Break. I know it's called The Break. And I think it just came out in paperback. I know it because I read okay. it. So yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She, yeah. she is um, she is one of the one of the great writers. So I was always thrilled to know that she also was apparently a baker. And how about our listeners? Are there some preheaters who have some summer reads lined up that we should know about? Oh, you bet. And here comes some more for everyone's list. So Linda 
is reading a book called What Would Mary Berry Do by Claire Sandy. That sounds charming. I immediately put that on my request list. I'm very excited about it. Saw that you did, yes. Christy said Sweet Bitter by Stephanie Dandler, and we had reviewed that back in episode 22. Now, Christy had a a good perspective. She said she used to work in the restaurant industry, and this is about – this is a fictionalized account of a woman who had been working in the restaurant industry in New York. And so um, Christy, I think, was was intrigued with it for that reason, that it felt true and familiar to her Mm -hmm. uh, in that regard. Jennifer said The Lost Vintage by Anne Ma, M-A-H in which the protagonist returns to a family vineyard in Burgundy to study for her master's of wine degree. And Jennifer also mentioned that this same author wrote a book called Mastering the Art of French Eating. Love that. It's a memoir, and she'd also enjoyed. That's some kind of travel and food writing, which ticks two of our boxes as well. Yes, that one also went on my list, and it reminded me of a movie that I love that I just want to throw out there. I don't know if anyone has ever seen it. It was called A Good Year. It came out in 2006, and it starred Russell Crowe. Have you ever seen this particular movie? This one has passed me by. Is he a vintner? Is he studying for his master's of wine? He's a British investment broker, and he inherits his uncle's chateau and vineyard in Provence. And he had spent much of his childhood there, so he has a lot of fond memories. And he moves there. And, of course, it's just that funny intersection from being British investment broker, you know, 24-7 money, work, stress, to hanging out in the vineyard and discovering a new lifestyle. And, um, you know, there's, of course, some great characters. And he falls in love with the beautiful uh, French girl. And, you know, she sort of helps him figure it all out. I highly recommend it. It's called A Good Year. It's a, it's a really good good movie. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad, yeah, if you've got a rainy day or something, too, that it's always nice to, to have a, a good movie to come mm-hmm. home to. Yeah. And then finally, Amy said a book called Good Grief by Lolly Winston. And she said despite the title, baking actually features really prominently in this book. So good to to check that out as well. So thanks to everyone. I know we have such a committed group of, of readers as well as bakers. And that's always fun when those passions intersect. Yes. Thank you, everyone. We love hearing about what you're reading. Well, the timer's buzzed, and we've got to get this episode on to the cooling rack. Since July has five Mondays, we'll be back next week with a special bonus episode to review our Lemon Crunch Bars and award a coveted preheated blue ribbon to the dessert we loved most assembling this month. Remember, you can find us and our featured recipes on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, and on Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like our show, please do tell a friend. That is how new people find us. It's the best way for spreading the word about our show. And if you have a moment and you can rank or review us on Google Play or Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you download our podcast, that would be so helpful. Until next time, I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. And I'm Stefan Cohn in London. Thanks for listening and sweet dreams.
Repeated is written, performed, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stephen Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions. Every week we celebrate the... Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Right. We're going to go Sorry. on. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry.